Welcome to the podcast of Inspiring Women in Hospitality. I'm Noreen Ahmed, your host. Each episode, I invite a woman from the hospitality industry to share her story with us, why she got into hospitality, her journey so far, her learnings, and who inspires her. Today we hear from Kat, recorded in August 2021. Her positivity throughout this episode is, is infectious, and you can see how it stayed with her throughout her career, from a chef to working in sales through all the highs and lows. All right. Hello, everyone. Noreen here. Today I have with me Katrina. Thank you so much for joining me. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Uh, so tell us a little bit more about yourself. Um, so, hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Katrina, more formally recognized as Kat, um, because the only one that calls me Katrina is my mom and my boyfriend when I'm in trouble. Uh, <laughs> um, but I'm also known to the industry as the Nerdy Hotelier, which is a blog and brand that I had built for myself during COVID. Um, the blog focuses on um, me, my nerdy self, and all the things that get me really nerdy about hotels, uh, anything from wallpaper to bathroom sinks. So it's very interesting. <laughs> interesting. Um, but I'm also um, at the moment um, a freelance consultant um, and I specialize in marketing, PR and virtual events. Nice. Um, so tell us how you got into hotels in the first place. Why why are you the nerdy hotel? Why am I the nerdy hotelier? That's a really good question. Um, it's a bit of a long-winded story that starts with kind of the beginning of my career journey. Um, but when I graduated um, high school, or I believe senior school for those in the UK, um, I um, decided that I wanted to be a chef. Um, so I started working in a kitchen um, where I met my now fiance. And um really, really loved it. Like absolutely loved it. The buzz of the line getting, you know, super dirty, which my chef hated me for. Um, but, you know, getting really into it and cooking something beautiful and providing that to someone was really amazing to me. Um, but the one thing that I really felt like I missed out on was interacting with people. Mm. Um, as soon as that food left the kitchen, I was like in the window and I was like, did they like it? I want to, can I, can I go talk to them? No, I can't go talk to them. I have to cook something else. Okay. Good to know. You know, <laughs> I just, I wanted to kind of be a part of the full experience, you know, not just behind the scenes. Um, so while I was deciding what I wanted to study in university, I also started, um, I also started waitressing. Um, so I was able to get kind of both sides, the kitchen that I loved and the front of house where I was able to speak to people a little bit more. Um, and that's kind of when I decided that maybe I didn't want to be a chef specifically, Specifically, maybe I would want to run and manage restaurants as a whole. Mm. Um, so instead of chef school, I went to university for um, hospitality management. I did a two-year diploma program. And the program that I was in um, in Vancouver, they kind of half specialized in restaurant management and they half specialized in hotel management. So you kind of got a good range of hospitality experience. And I'm not really sure when it was. It was probably about halfway through after the first year. I just 
all of a sudden was like weirdly obsessed with hotels and was like, screw being a restaurant manager. I'm going to run hotels now. (laughs) And people ask me, they're like, oh, like, what was the, what was the one thing or what was the turning point? I honestly don't remember. I just woke up one morning and I was like, woo, hotels. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, and that's the part that I liked the most. And I, and I really realized after learning more about it and meeting people in the hospitality industry, I was like, you know what? this is actually really what I do want to do. You know, I've kind of found where I want to be, but I hadn't tried it yet. Um, So um, one of my favorite stories to tell, and I always hope that this lovely lady, Jen, who is the HR manager at the Sutton Place Hotel, where I eventually worked, um, I hope she hears this story one day. Um, But at uh, at the university, um, they did really um, amazing opportunities with career fairs. um, Mm -hmm. And I had met this lady, Jen, who is the HR manager, as I mentioned, and she um, and I had met her at a, at a kind of a trade fair. And then she was coming to my school to do interviews. And I was like, OK, I've already had a conversation with this lady. I now have a scheduled interview with her. How am I going to ensure that when I sit down, she remembers me? Um, so I showed up three hours early for my interview and I waited outside the interview room for her to go to the bathroom so I could casually bump into her. <laughs> which uh which worked because she went to she went to the bathroom and I followed her to the bathroom which is really (laughs) creepy (laughs) but I was just there washing my hands and she came out and I was like oh Jen um I don't know if you remember me and so we kind of chatted and then that kind of made my interview actually really casual Mm -hmm. um which was really nice and so I got my first opportunity to work in hotels at the Sutton Place Hotel as a front office manager um and I loved it or sorry front office manager oh my gosh no that wasn't my first hotel job Uh, front office uh, front desk agent apologies (laughs) just giving myself a promotion I never had um (laughs) Um, but it was amazing, you know, being able to interact with people at that level, being able to really create special opportunities mm. for people. Um, I loved it. And, you know, I'm sure for anyone that works in hospitality, there's lots of up and downs. I've also had my crazy times, you know, getting screamed at, having people throw stuff at me, you know, um, but, you know, it kind of added to the experience. I always tell people now I have a really tough skin. I don't think anyone could possibly offend me at this point. <laughs> because of the amount of stuff that people have said but but you know it's it's a part of the industry unfortunately um I always tell people you never know what's gone on in their day before they've blown up at you right so never take it personally but I loved it it was it was really really amazing and yeah that's kind of how I I started my journey in hotels all right um So you mentioned you were in Vancouver. Was the Sutton Hotel also in Vancouver? Yes. Um, So um, I grew up in Vancouver, Vancouver, Canada. And um, yeah, my first hotel job was at the Sutton Place Hotel, which, um, you know, people in Europe absolutely love this. It's one of the historic hotels um, in Vancouver. Guess what year it was built? Uh, 1920? 1986. That's historic. (laughs) It's not the most historic hotel in Vancouver, but it's one of them. And yes, it was built for Expo 86. Um, oh, wow. But, but that just kind of shows, you know, how young of a city Vancouver is, yeah. which is one, actually one of the reasons why I get so nerdy about European hotels yes. is there's so much history and architecture and, you know, stories behind everything where most hotels in Vancouver, at least, are kind of tall glass towers. So... <laughs> It seems to be a theme. I'm I'm feeling very old um, in the last 24 hours. I was hanging out with some of um, 
so my colleagues from from work after um, after work last night the youngest is like born in 1996 and I was like mm. yeah <laughs> you're just like great mm. fabulous fantastic yes. yeah that's like a good 14 years younger than me well, hey, if they want to hang out to you, it just means that you're 14 years younger on the inside, right? There we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In your heart, in your soul. <laughs> but it's true. Like, you know, for hotels, I remember, um, I can't remember where it was, but, you know, hotels are actually one of the oldest businesses in the world. Yes. And, you know, the hotels in Europe in particular, you know, have been around for, for decades. To be honest, I don't even know how they survived uh, for that yes. many generations or years. Uh, but it's good to see, you know, you know, there's always pros and cons, you know, you can have the really nice old hotels, but then you have a lot less flexibility and things that you want to change around it. Or yeah. you feel like those grade two listed buildings, there's so much, you know, conservative, um, cons- you have to conserve so much more, right? Yes, so, yeah. whereas if you have a completely new building or things like that, you have a lot more, I guess, creative freedom. But yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's why, especially with Vancouver, they just, you know, nothing's old for us. So they just tear it down. Um, you know, yeah. as, soon, as soon as a building gets sold, they just tear it down. They build something new, something wow. taller, something more. Well, they, they say, you know, something more like architecturally amazing. It's like, well, it's just glass and steel, but, but sure. <laughs> exactly. All the new buildings here in, in the UK as well. Like the shard is all glass, all the stuff yeah. in the city, it's all glass. I'm like, I'm kind of partial to some of our old buildings that we have here right yeah but I guess a good mix is always nice as well it kind of adds to it right yeah so do you have a favorite a favorite hotel yes oh um or which hotel have you nerded out the most on (laughs) oh my gosh okay that's a really good question um you know I guess I my one of my favorite hotels and I it's only because it was one of my first opportunities to be nerdy in the UK um so it really stands out to me um is there's a hotel just out by Marlowe called Danesfield House um which um has a lot of history behind it it used to be um the base camp for our um for the RAF Mm. um so you know how like Bletchley was like the ears of um you know of the war um Danesfield House was the eyes um which is which was quite cool you know it has a bit of history there um owned by multiple different families and the reason why it's called Danesfield House is the land that it's on um used to be where like Danish adventurers would settle like on top of this hill while they were exploring the lands and there's like even pieces of the settlements um still like around the the property the acreage when you're there um but the thing that really got me nerdy and this is one of the first hotels I saw after moving to the UK so again no history has really ever been a part of my hotel experience is um when you first get there and you drive um you're coming up the hill um it kind of just like comes into view as you come up the hill and it's this huge white clock tower and it's a beautiful old white manor house with 75 bedrooms and to my colleague Amy at the time I was like Amy you've taken me to a castle (laughs) and she was like nope definitely not and I was like no this is a castle you know and she was like she was like okay well if you want to think of it as a castle it's fine this is a pretty standard looking manor house you know no she didn't say she didn't say it like that she didn't say it like that but to her it wasn't like as truly exciting and I was like I was like this is the coolest thing in the entire world she's like there's a lot of these styles around here and I was like nope 
this is the coolest place. And it just had such a big impact on me, you know, Mm -hmm. and each, like each bedroom is like individually designed. Um, One of their housekeepers, she's been there 25 years and she like restores old furniture. So Danesfield actually like um, takes some of her furniture sometimes and like puts it in the rooms and stuff like that. So it just, you know, each little thing has a lot of detail to it and a lot of beauty, you know, it is a graded listed building. So there's certain things that they can't change um you know for example like the flooring in the ballroom actually makes a bit of an echo Mm. so it's a bit difficult to have meetings in but you know it it's just one of those things where you know it won't work for some but it will work for others and it's honestly just such a beautiful place and I always always get really excited and really nerdy when I'm there I'm like I'm just gonna walk around and just stroke this wall as I walk through (laughs) (laughs) obviously COVID I can't be touching things as I used to but Um, but, but yeah, so if I had like, you know, a favorite hotel or one that really made a big impact on me, it, it would be Danesfield house. Oh, I now now I have to add that to my list to check it out. I went, and if you haven't been, I would highly recommend this past weekend. I went to Beaverbrook. Oh yes. I've been to Beaverbrook. Oh, Lovely. I used to work, I had the company I used to work for represented both Danesfield, Beaverbrook and a couple other country nice. house hotels as well. So it yeah. just reminded me of why I love hospitality, right? Like yeah. it was just such a wonderful experience. We got there, everyone's so nice and friendly. We just went for lunch and it was just such a wonderful experience and just being outdoors. We had great weather and staff were super friendly. It was just, that's when I was like, okay, this is why I love hospitality. Yeah. And the hotel itself is absolutely gorgeous. Nice. And I don't know if you know much about the rooms, but each one of them is designed um, based on people that used to stay there in Lord Beaverbrook's time, Exactly. Um, which is so cool. Cause you know, like the Winston Churchill room mm-hmm. is the room that Winston Churchill used to stay in. And it's still laid out exactly like his desk is where his desk would have been and where he liked it. And, you know, there's still a seat beside his bathtub where his assistant used to take notes while he was smoking a cigar and drinking whiskey in the bath you know like little things like that and I just love that that's so interesting to me you know yeah I love when you can incorporate all that history and make it part of the whole experience it definitely does make a difference absolutely yeah so when did you move over to the UK from Vancouver and why? Yeah, okay, excellent question. Well, um, so uh, a bit of a slight backtrack to answer that question. Mm-hmm. Um, after working at the Sutton Place Hotel for um, about a year after I graduated from um, my diploma at that university, I decided that I wanted to further my education and get a degree in international hotel management. Um, so I actually uh, left my boyfriend and the cat in Vancouver um, and moved to um, a fairly close city. And I say fairly close because for Canada, it's still five hours away, but it was still a pretty close place to be. Um, and I moved over to the next city over, which is Victoria, where I went to Royal Roads University, um, which is a very well-respected hospitality university in Canada. Um, for those that are um, uh, X-Men nerds, I went to Xavier's School for the Gifted because that is actually where the the, the actual school is where they filmed um, at my university. University. So I get, I'm a bit of a nerd 
for other things other than hotels as well. So I really like that. Um, but after going to school there, I then went and worked in the Rocky Mountains um, for a year and a half, still leaving my boyfriend and the cat um, in Vancouver. This is a much farther away. Um, but um, I did the, the, at the time, Fairmont's Leadership Development Program, oh, which is wow. now okay, called, yeah. uh, which is now because they're owned by a core, it's called the Aspire Program. Mm. Um, so I did 18 months there doing um, uh, F&B management. So everything from events to their breakfast restaurant, to their fine dining in their bar. Um, and after a year and a half there, my boyfriend and I, well, I guess not fully at the end of it, but about halfway through, my boyfriend and I were discussing you know, am I moving back to Vancouver? You know, it's been almost two years that we've been apart. Um, you know, what are we going to do? And I had always wanted to travel. Um, and he had always kind of wanted to stick to Vancouver, which is why I was running around and he was there. Um, but every once in a while, I threw in the question, wouldn't it be so nice to live somewhere else in the world? Uh, and usually he'd be like, no. <laughs> And I was like, okay. Um, but, but this time, um, you know, he kind of said, well, you know, we've been apart for a while. Let's do something big. Let's do something different. Let's move somewhere. Where do you want to go? And I was like, I have absolutely no idea. I wasn't expecting that to be your answer to the question. Um, and it was right when Trump was coming into, um, into play. Um, so we pretty much just put a huge X over the US and we're like, we're not going there. Um, just decided to avoid that boat entirely. Um, and neither of us had ever been to Europe before. Um, so we decided that we'd love to come to Europe um, after kind of putting into perspective that neither of us spoke any other language than English. We decided it would probably be really smart uh, to stick to an English speaking country. Um, and we also found out through the process that um, because of his family, he was able to become a British citizen pretty nice. much just by default. Um, so England uh, became a very quick decision of where we were going to go. Um, and yeah, we decided on London because why not London, you know, beautiful place. Well, we thought we had never been. Um, but I just thought, especially for hospitality as well, there would be a lot of good opportunities mm -hmm. for me to get into. Um, and I was also hoping to get into sales, which is somewhere that I didn't have much experience in. So I was kind of hoping a bigger city, bigger opportunities. Right. Yeah. So where did you end up when you got to the to London? Um, so um, I ended up um, at a company called GP Associates, um, which is a sales representation company, which is the one that I mentioned looked after mm. Danesfield House and Beaverbrook, um, as well as uh, a total of eight hotels in the UK and 90 across the world. Um, so pretty much, you know, the independently owned five-star boutique hotels, ones that didn't necessarily have a head office in London mm. to do their sales. That's what we did for them. Nice. Um, so we were able, we had, you know, a a, a big team, um, fabulous, all of us ladies, um, which was really interesting and really cool. Um, and I was on the UK team. So I started off as a coordinator um, because obviously, you know, going into a new area of the industry, I did have to start back at the bottom and move my way up. Um, but absolutely loved it. Definitely would say, you know, coming to, to the end of my time at GP Associates, which unfortunately was due to COVID, mm. um, I was in my dream job, I would say. I really, really loved doing luxury sales. I just loved being able to talk to people, you know, to meet new people, hear what makes them tick, learn about their lives. Um, and then, you know, in the process as well, get them to come visit our hotels and host their events at our hotels and knowing that they would have an amazing experience because of the hotels that were looking after them. 
Yeah, it kind of goes back to what you were saying at the beginning, right? You like the whole interacting with people. And yeah. again, you know, with the with these beautiful, you know, luxury boutique and, in, you know, independent hotels, you always have a lovely story to go with it, right? Yes. It's, it's a lot, I don't know, I wouldn't say easier to sell, but at least you have a story to tell. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it makes it that all of these hotels are just so unique. Um, each property really is just so unique, whether it's their history, their architecture, the staff, you know, there's always something that that especially for the GP Associates collection, um, the CEO Janine was very specific about, you know, the hotels that she allowed into her collection, because she had that reputation that, you know, anything that we looked after was really going to be truly beautiful or an, an inspiring place to to take your team or to go on holiday so oh that's super nice yeah and before I come to what happened next question yeah. <laughs> one thing I wanted to ask was you know throughout your experience you know working from the kitchen to you know um you know to the Rocky Mountains and then GP Associates as well like did you ever notice any difference between you know being a man or a woman like I'll give an example like when I was looking to do my second internship I wanted to do it in F&B in Asia and eventually I found out my friend got it and the only reason he got it was because he was a he and not a she like wow. she gets to work in the front office but not at the F&B side of things so I was just oh, wondering if you had any of these kind of experiences like throughout your uh, whilst you were kind of moving through your career in hospitality yeah, that's interesting. You know, I've never had a specific moment where, you know, I have have not gotten a job due to a male or anything like that. Um, I will say, you know, when I was, you know, 18, starting off in the kitchen, I was the only girl on my team. Um, so, you know, I had a bit of a, a bit of a different difficulty where, you know, once I started moving up the ranks a little bit and I started, you know, calling orders to other people, there was some people that didn't necessarily feel like they needed to listen to me, mm. um, which you know did did have its own barriers but I find all of those types of things are learning experiences right learning opportunities I now know how to deal with people in those types of situations um but I've never yeah I, I guess I'm really lucky to say that I've never really missed out on an opportunity um for being a female over a male okay that's really yeah. great encouraging to hear because that's yeah. what we're trying to do right we want to give you know more women a voice and a platform and you know making sure that there's equal opportunity all around yeah um so you know you did share that due to covid um it sounds like yes. you lost your dream job i did <laughs> um and i know you're you're not alone in this area uh what did you decide to do next yeah, so it was a bit of an interesting opportunity, or I say opportunity, because I'd rather look at everything with positivity than negativity, you know. Um, so um, it was June 2020 that I officially um, was made redundant after being on furlough um, for about a month and a half. And honestly, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do. Like I'm sure most everyone's like, well, like, you know, my, my dream job is hotel sales. I had finally come, you know, through the 12 years of my journey to understand that this is really what I want to do. Um, but unfortunately, uh, no groups, especially, you know, my background is corporate sales. So bringing groups of people to hotels, that wasn't happening. That definitely wasn't happening anytime soon. Um, you know, everyone across London and the UK and the rest of the world in those positions was being made redundant. Mm. Um, so I knew that it wouldn't be soon that I would be getting that position back. Um, but what I did know was when those positions started coming back, 
there was going to be hundreds of people competing for those same positions. Um, so my main focus at the time was at least to do something that I could speak to in, in my time, you know, being whether it was finding a job, um, volunteering, networking, literally trying to do anything that would, you know, once I got my CV through the door, what was going to make me the top 10 out of 200 is kind of how I saw this, this opportunity. So um, I did a lot of things like going through all thousand connections on my LinkedIn network and emailing e or sending messages to each individual one and chatting to people and kind of just saying, you know, what opportunities are out there. Um, and through that, I did a volunteering role where I got trained to do virtual event production for free. Um, but in return, I then um, had to help run a conference mm -hmm. um, on, like, you know, on my own time. And the way I saw it, I was like, oh, free training and free hands-on experience sounds mm -hmm. like an amazing opportunity. Whereas I know there's some people that said, oh, you want my time for free? I don't want this. You know, and I so I went in with positivity, gave it 150 percent um, because why not? You know, it's not like I'm doing anything else. Um, and the company actually that ran that conference then came to me and said, hey, like, we'd like to take you on um, in a contract role. Um, we really liked your energy, your positivity, your excitement. Um, you know, would you be interested in that? So I looked into the opportunity of setting out as a freelancer because um, obviously it was a contracted role, so it wasn't full time. Um, and that's when uh, it was actually a year ago yesterday um, that I started my freelance career as Katrina Pengeli Consulting because consulting literally means nothing. It means I can be whatever I want. <laughs> And, uh, and yeah, so I've, uh, since then, um, I've had a few different contracting roles, but I now specialize um, in marketing, business engagement, and PR. Um, and I actually do that for two agile training companies, which agile is going to mean nothing to 90% of the hospitality industry, and maybe 10% will get it. Um, but it's pretty much just ways of working that are more popular in like production teams and engineering mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, but I, I work with those two companies on their marketing, um, their PR, getting engaged with their customers and their clients. Um, and I also freelance in virtual events, which has been really interesting over, um, over the pandemic, getting to see, you know, a different side of events, a way to continue the industry mm. um, virtually. Um, but in addition to that, as I said, you know, everything that I wanted to do was to eventually get me a job back in hospitality. Um, I've also joined um, a lot of like networking um, groups like Otolo, the Institute of Hospitality. Um, I'm also an ambassador, um, a trained ambassador and volunteer for Springboard, the UK hospitality charity. I'm also an ambassador and a board member for the Female Hospitality Network um, and probably so many other things. <laughs> I do a lot of mentoring with young students and lots of mock interviews to help, you know, early career professionals land those jobs that they're looking for. Um, and yeah, I also have, you know, my blog and brand, The Nerdy Hotelier, where not only have I been writing my own blogs, I've been writing blogs for other companies through collaborations. Um, and I've also kind of started a 
little video series called The Future of Hospitality, where I've been trying to help younger, more entry-level um, hospitality professionals get their names out there, kind of like I was doing, how to set yourself apart, um, getting them out there in a different way than their CV. So, you know, it's a video that's available on YouTube. They can link it to their LinkedIn profile and express their passion and their excitement for the industry, which sometimes you can't really get past the black and white text on your CV. So, so yeah, lots of things. <laughs> yeah, um, I almost couldn't keep track. Of I know, and, I, and, it, and it's funny, and it's funny. We're going to hang up and be like, oh, yeah, and that one too, and that one too. Because <laughs> there is, you know, a lot of little things that I'm doing. It's even sometimes hard for me to wrap my head around. Um, but I do try, as I said, to be as involved in the industry as possible. Because right now I'm kind of working in tech training. Mm -hmm. You know, unfortunately, that's not hospitality. But I it is where my passion is. And in the future, it's where I want to come back to. Um, and I have been, you know, very open and honest with the companies mm. that I'm working for. I say, you know, I am so loyal to you and I appreciate you so much. However, my dream is over here. And mm. so, you know, it's very, you know, they're fully aware that, that that's where my dreams lie when that opportunity comes back. So. Yeah. And unfortunately we need to pay our bills, right? So exactly. that's the way the world works. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I've just been, you know, forcing my way to stay in the hospitality industry as much as possible. <laughs> and, and you are, I mean, with all the things that you're doing, you definitely are. I mean, all the, you know, organizations that you mentioned, they're all, all very well known within the industry. And I think anything that you can do to continue to have a role in it, you know, will pay dividend for you in the future for sure. Well, so, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just, it's great. And I, I love, I agree. I love your energy. I love your positivity and like just the way that you're approaching things as well. And like, just, yeah, just getting involved and doing different things. That's really the only thing that you can do in part. I mean, I started these videos during COVID as well. And if I'm honest, it saved me, you know, yeah, <laughs> it was, you know, it was really tough, uh, you know, during COVID and like being on your own or in lockdown or isolation, um, being able to network and meet so many incredible women has been super inspiring. So I'm so grateful, actually. I don't think I would have done this if it hadn't been for COVID. Oh, yeah, and it's, it's really interesting, you know, to think about the positives of COVID as well, right? Like, uh, if you asked me a year and a half ago if I'd be starting up my own company in six months, I'd be like, absolutely not. <laughs> you know, like, no, 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 that's not for me. And, you know, and, and as you said, I feel like the industry really came together because everyone was all of a sudden isolated from each other, yeah. that everyone really wanted to network and know people and meet people. And I've met way more people this year in this last year than I met in the two and a half years I've been in London before COVID, um, you know, so it's really interesting to, to think about it that way. Yeah. And I think, and I feel like, you know, because everyone suddenly got used to zoom and technology, you know, it was a, people are a lot more open. Like you can just get hop on a video call now with people from all around the world, which I love yeah. as well, you know? So I think it's definitely had some positives, although now I'm kind of like, you know, when I, when I connect with people, the first time I'm like, should I ask them for a coffee or should I still do a video yeah. call? Especially if they're based in the UK, you're just yeah. like, what's the etiquette? Now? Well, now we're in the, now we're in the middle, right? And it's funny because obviously I mentioned, you know, before um, that, you know, that, that my, my, I guess the thing that makes me tick is building relationships with people, talking to people, right? And being locked in my bedroom currently is driving me a little insane because as much as I appreciate being self-employed, you know, I don't have an office to go to. I don't have colleagues to go sit with anymore and have a lunchtime with. And my boyfriend's an accountant and I'm sure he would greatly appreciate a full day of silence if I could give it to him. <laughs> 
but you know so I've also been trying to you know get out and see people mm -hmm. if possible now that things are opened up I've been trying to I'm much more productive when I'm in a busier space yeah. so I've been trying at least once a week um, to get out and work remotely from somewhere nice. so if anyone has anywhere in London that I can come join them let me know um you know but I've been doing a couple hotel lobbies and oh, some friends nice. co-working spaces yeah. just to get out there and yeah. you know see people again because I'm much too much of a social body and my boyfriend can't handle that much energy from me every day <laughs> and I'm sorry and I say well. boy, I say boyfriend we just got engaged and oh. I keep I keep forgetting he's my fiance so don't let him don't let him hear this <laughs> well congratulations Thank and you. it is a very recent engagement so yes. give yourself some time to yeah and especially you guys have been together for so long you know it's yeah. hard to suddenly make that that switch to a different <laughs> A different term it is it's really weird I get corrected by like my friends and my family all the time I'm like oh right sorry okay I'll get this eventually <laughs> and by the time you got used to that it'll be husband so. yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> exactly um and one of the things um you know I'd like to ask is I mean obviously I'm sure you've learned a lot about yourself during this whole you know starting your own business and everything but throughout your career what would you say that you've really learned or you've really taken away i mean you know things that we know about ourselves today we didn't know five years ago ten years ago yeah um, if there was like one or two things that you would think about what do you think they might be yeah that's really interesting you know one one of the things that i would say has been you know really eye-opening for me once i really fully immersed myself in the hospitality industry is the diversity of the industry itself. You know, I don't think there's any other industry that can umbrella, you know, a chef and an accountant or, you know, a front office agent and a marketing manager. You know, there's there's so many different pieces of hospitality. And what I really appreciate as well is it's because it's all under one industry, it's under one umbrella you know, there's the opportunity to move through it. You know, as I said, I started in kitchens, went to front office, then went to food and beverage management, then went to sales, and now I'm doing marketing. Mm. You know, it's, it's such a, it's just such a diverse um, industry that I don't really think you can get anywhere else. So that was like, you know, really the first time I realized how, you know, just how many opportunities there are in this industry to do so many different mm -hmm. things. And also the opportunities, you know, it's worldwide. It's such a global industry. Um, like just putting accounting there, for example, because it's the only other thing I know about because of my fiance, <laughs> um, you know, like accounting in Canada is different than accounting in the US mm -hmm. and it's different to accounting in the UK, but hospitality in general is so widespread um, that, you know, you can work all over the world. Um, you can just jump from England to China and, you know, be a front desk agent in both places. The, the general concepts um, of, of, you know, creating a guest experience is the same. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's really interesting as well. No, I agree. And I think that's what I've always loved about hospitality or that's what it always drew to drew me to it is because, yeah, you can start in one area, but it doesn't mean you have to do that for the rest of your life, right? You yeah. don't have to be an F&B always or front desk always or marketing or accounting. Like it just, I really, really appreciate that. And when I was first starting out, I was like, I don't really know what I want to do. So <laughs> knowing that I had the choice and globally, you know, one, you have the diverse people, both in terms of your colleagues that you would be working with but also the guests that you would be meeting in and yeah. 
you know, language aside, you, you're right, you can go anywhere. Um, you know, the front office, uh, you know, a person, no matter where you're in the world, is all going to be the same. So. Yeah. And I think what you just mentioned as well, you know, about like the diversity and cultures of your colleagues and your guests. Another thing that I kind of appreciate about the industry is it really helps you build an understanding for cultures that you wouldn't necessarily be more familiar with as well. You know, you work with people that speak multiple different languages that have come from all around the world. And it gives you such an understanding of, of who they are as people that when you then see them again as guests, you know, you'll understand different mannerisms or the way that they're approaching a situation. You know, you can, you just understand people as a whole a little bit better. And I find that hospitality can make you a really kind person uh, because it really helps you understand people in different ways. I always say, you know, the people getting upset with you when you work in customer service are people that have never worked in customer service. Yeah. You, you know, the people that have never had to, to be on that, uh, to be on that side, um, you know, so I think it's, it's, it truly creates a kinder world, the hospitality industry. I agree. Completely yeah. agree. Yeah. And um, with that, um, in mind as well um who i'm going to move to my last question and ask yeah. you who inspires you that's a really good question i find that's a really hard question as well um you know um and thankfully you prepared me for that one because i feel like i would have been like oh my gosh there's so many people in my life um and i you know the, the first thing that i have when i look to people that inspire me you know i don't really follow any celebrities um you know i don't look to the big wigs of the in industry for inspiration i really like to find people that are learning and growing in the industry alongside me you know the people that you can look up to directly or the people that are, are kind of like your competition you know those are the people that that really inspire me so I did think of two people um, one of my all-time best friends um, her name is Chanel Gale I met her here and she's the she's a regional sales manager for the Dorchester collection um, looking after all the hotels and you know she she's younger than me um, she went to the same university as me but she is so driven and so passionate. And I'm always just blown away by her professionalism and the way that she carries herself in the industry. And, you know, even being, you know, a really close friend of mine, being younger than me, being from the same city in Vancouver, you know, I do truly look up to her as someone that I want to become like, um, because I find that she just, she just kind of like oozes sales you know she <laughs> she knows she knows what she's doing um and she's just so professional and lovely and she's just so you know inspiring to talk to so I really look up to her um and another girl that I have also uh another lady sorry that I've also met in London um her name's Nicola Root uh, she's an event manager she just started her own freelancing um business but I met her while working at GP Associates at networking events and I've just always looked up to her because she's just such a positive energy. You know, she's just so supportive of everyone. She's always shouting out everybody else's successes, making you feel, you know, like, like, you know, if you do something, even if it's not too exciting for you, you're like, oh, you know, that was really cool. She'll be shouting it out to the world for you being like, look at how amazing this person is. And I really appreciate 
her love and care for other people, um, other people in the industry, but just other people in general, you know, she's a real um, advocate for self-love and for loving each other and supporting each other. And I think we need more of that. Um, so she's definitely someone I look up to, you know, to be more personable in the industry, to make sure that, you know, I'm really caring for other people and I'm helping them shout out their successes. So I look up to her quite a bit that way. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing those two amazing inspirations. And I agree with the self-love piece, I think, especially in the hospitality, we're so focus on taking care of other people that we forget to take care of ourselves. Yeah. So I think that's a really, really important uh, part to focus on. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. No, thank you. I mean, it was really wonderful to be invited. And, you know, I've listened to quite a few of the other ladies' stories and they're so inspiring. So I really appreciated you uh, wanting to speak to me. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you were as inspired as I was by that story. Please follow us here and on LinkedIn where I post videos of the recordings. Stay tuned for many more stories of inspiring women in hospitality. Mm -hmm.